Welcome to the Barfly Podcast Season 3. My name is Jeff Burkhart, Barfly columnist for the Marin IJ and author of the book 20 Years Behind Bars, The Spirit of the Adventures of a Real Bartender, and its sequel, 20 Years Behind Bars, Parole Denied. Today, my co-host is Kevin Blum, restaurant consultant and former community director of the online review site Yelp. Welcome, Kevin. Have a drink on me. So we are excited to have marketing guru and man about town, Nish Nataraja. And now Nish was one of the first employees at Yelp, and he led the marketing and branding and pretty much led the efforts to put that one small little company onto the global map. One of his most notable accomplishments was creating the Yelp Elite Squad, which pretty much was one of the first influencer and community-driven programs in existence, and it's still a model for today. Now, since leaving Yelp, he has been a successful marketing consultant and advisor to startups and big brands alike. And if that wasn't enough to keep him busy, he's also an investor in a few of San Francisco's most prominent restaurants. So Nish, welcome to the program. We're happy to have you. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Let's kick things off. And uh, I would be remiss if I didn't talk to you a little bit about you know Yelp. It would be like if I interviewed Paul McCartney and didn't ask him about his work with the Beatles. That's a compliment. <laughs> but uh, how did you come up with the idea for the Yelp Elite Squad? And what was the thinking behind this concept? We have to kind of go back a little bit. You got to put this in perspective to the year. This is around 2004, 2005. Yelp was actually in an incubator that uh, was created by Max Lovechin, who is the co-founder of PayPal. So Yelp was one of three or four companies there. This is a time where, you know, Facebook was launching that year. Twitter did not exist. Instagram certainly did not exist. Clubhouse did not exist, of course. You know, we didn't have devices. We had some desktops and and laptops. So when we were coming up with the idea for Yelp, you know, and I was employee number six there. I was uh, the the sort of the first sort of non-engineer there, despite being a South Asian guy. What was interesting was the, the first task was how do we get people to participate on the site. You know, for me, that was a challenge around how do you get people to write reviews, essentially, and do them in a compelling way and do them for free, but feel like there was a value to that. We played around on the platform. We tried out a few different product features. And as part of that was this idea of if I could find the right group of people to write reviews and make them feel validated by that, they would in turn be model citizens, so to speak, on the platform, and others would follow. Back then, I, I used to joke around that I went out eight days a week. I sort of was the the model for the Yelp Elite program, someone who loved to go out to have drinks and eat out, share that information with friends, had the ego to want to be the person who people relied on for that. So the idea was like, if I could create this program that I would want to be part of, and if we could not necessarily have thousands of people in it, but even a few hundred per city, we could do something special with that. And that was the the beginning of it. You know, we did a lot of experiments around what would work. We added, you know, what, what are now normal social networking features, such as messaging and compliments and likes. At the time, those were relatively new ideas, but we added those. And just like with what you'd expect from psychology, you post something, people like it, and they do more of that behavior. Now we take all of that for granted. But the idea that that in the old days, back at that time, it was one voice 
that would dominate a, an entire genre. You know, the, the music scene would have its music critics, the food scene would have its food critic, and every area would have that. And Yelp, that was one of the unusual things about Yelp. But it's interesting, on our last podcast, we had Tyler Florence on, and he made a, an astute observation about, you know, if you're going to buy something that's a, like an opinion piece, you want to buy it from an expert. You want to buy it from someone who does that. And that's the idea of not everybody's voice is absolutely necessary, perhaps, in a product review, but the people that you trust are important. And that seems to be where you went with the Yelp Elite. Definitely. It's funny. My son and Tyler's son are buddies, so I'm going to have to talk to him about that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we've, we've actually joked around about that idea. Obviously, as you know, someone who's this amazing and prolific chef and uh, restaurant personality, he has a certain opinion, and I think that's certainly valuable. And he's got, you know, a great restaurant right in San Francisco, Wayfair Tavern. You know, I think it's a challenge, you know, when you have something like Yelp. But of course, now there's so many other versions of sharing information, whether that's Instagram or even on Facebook or Google reviews. I mean, geez, Open Table even has reviews, right? Right. There's that idea that, you know, these are people like you and me who aren't necessarily able to make a perfect chicken dish or uh, what have you, but want to enjoy it and enjoy it in good company and have a relaxing time, get some decent service and, you know, hopefully have, you know, a wonderful experience there and then tell people about it. Right. And of course it goes in different directions. I think that's always been the challenge for the experts, so to speak, is that the people that are not experts are the ones that are reviewing it. It's not right. Mario Andretti who is reviewing my car. I'm the guy who's driving the car. And I think that's the challenge. The other side of that too, having been a critic of sorts, right, is that oftentimes, like if I do a review of something, I will get the the afterwards thing. Oh, why didn't you tell us you were coming in? And my right. response is because I didn't want you to know that it was me. Because maybe Absolutely. my experience would be different. Where Yelp promotes more of that anonymity, where you don't really know who's going to be a reviewer or not, and so you get a more real insight into the experience. I think I used to joke around that everyone should be treated like Robert De Niro. Uh, that was sort of a thesis that I used to throw out there on the whiteboard um, in the original Yelp office was, you know, there's this idea that Robert De Niro, who, you know, obviously is a pretty famous thespian, but also has a few restaurants, mostly in New York City. And I used to live there years back before moving out to the Bay Area. And, you know, there's always these legendary stories of him going into the kitchen or sneaking through the kitchen, having tables set up for him and there's a hush even in the most busiest restaurants where he would be able to get this great service. And of course, he's Bobby De Niro. And, you know, I used to be like, man, everyone should get that treatment. And I remember that years back, I used to remember that story. And I took that to Yelp. And I thought, everyone should get treated like Robert De Niro. That's yeah. the idea where you said, like, it should be anonymous. And it shouldn't even be that you're getting, uh, you know, under the gun of a review, right? It should just be, we're doing great work. We have great service. We always are trying to do that. Let's make sure everyone gets that wonderful treatment. Now, however, I got to imagine also having worked at Yelp and working with folks who are Yelp elites is that sometimes the, the downside of that could be is the Yelp elites automatically think they're Bobby De Niro. Uh, they expect <laughs> Bobby De Niro service because they have a Yelp elite badge. So, I mean, there, there, there is a little bit of, you know, that quandary there. I mean, what do you think about that? Kevin, if I remember correctly, you kind of have a little De Niro look to you sometimes. You know, yeah, right? you know, a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I think that is there. That's human nature where, you know, we are driven by that little bit of ego. And I think it's partly something like Yelp and really any platform, any social media platform, and even, geez, I mean, real life, 
we have to kind of have some sort of societal checks and balances to how to behave. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you move it to the internet or social media, these things kind of amplify in good and bad ways. So I think it's more about setting sort of community guidelines around that, how to behave, just like we have uh, laws in, right. in the real world, right? I, I think it's partly that humans left alone seem to get chaotic. Anonymity breeds contempt. People think that they can get away with stuff when when you don't. They have no identity. It's just some voice coming out of nowhere, right? It's the, yeah. the yelling in the crowd sort of thing. So, but that's the kind of thing with with Yelp is if you use it as a tool and you learn some simple steps, which Kevin has, and I have gone through on on previous podcasts, where you look at the the profile and you, you and you, you see if they actually have any good reviews of places, things of that nature, helps out. And that's where Yelp Elite helps because that gives you a an area to go to from a consumer side, where it's not just who is this person who says that they have great muffins at the auto shop? What's that even mean? I think that's where the idea of having a, a codified group really does enhance the experience. You're absolutely right. Uh, back to your original question, Kevin, the idea around the Yelp lead, I borrowed from things like Amex. The idea of having being a member of a credit card was crazy to me, you know, when I was growing up and I was yeah. fascinated by that idea. So I borrowed from that model, but I also used to joke around about the good housekeeping seal of approval, whatever that meant. I just knew that it meant, oh, this must be a good cereal or a good kitchen appliance or what have you. Um, It was such a part of our lexicon that I use that also. So to your point, Jeff, that absolutely was another purpose of the Yelp Elite was to give readers over time a chance to be like these people that our Yelp elites have given over time, they see that pattern and a Yelp elite approved place, not just a Yelp place, Yelp approved place was something that meant something for future visitors and customers. Look at where we are today in terms of uh, the influencer movement. I think, you know, you see so many uh, PR firms and marketing firms who are trying to attract the attention of these quote unquote social media influencers. You know, some of them are more often than not uh, pay to play. You bring them in, you show them a good time, or, you know, you pay to have something, you know, posted on their blog or their website. But do you believe in this influencer climate that their social media posts can really move the needle for a business? It really depends. I think we all want to follow someone. And by that, I mean that it could be a celebrity, could be one of these influencers you're you're, uh, talking about that we're all getting unfortunately more familiar with, and it could just be uh, your friend, the the old Yelp model of like the ordinary influence, your friend or colleague at work who just knows the best places for happy hour. So I think to that extent, when you're playing the numbers game and you have someone who's got say 100,000 followers or more, or even 50,000, and they put up a great photo of their experience at your hotel or restaurant or bar, yeah, that has some value there. I don't know if it necessarily moves the needle completely, but I do think it brings attention. And over time, more and more people start to pay attention to those places. I do think that we've become more jaded as an entire society, at least in the US, where we're aware that people get paid. And I think, honestly, some people don't even mind that they know that some people are getting paid. They still want to aspire to that. That's more a problem with human nature than anything, that we we do want to go to these coveted looking places. You know, I can, I don't blame restaurants or other businesses for wanting to get in front of these people, 
I just think they have to kind of understand what those expectations can be. The other aspect of that is the uh, idea of that there's no vetting, right? That the, the part of the problem is, like you were saying earlier, is you don't want Mario Andretti to, to, to evaluate a car because he's a race car driver, but you also don't want someone who absolutely knows nothing about cars complaining that it only comes with four wheels. That, that right. kind of thing, there's somewhere in between, it's the old model, the, the construction model, take five bids, throw out the top one, the bottom one, and somewhere in the middle is the one that you want to take. And that's how I often use out. But the difference between a lot of these online sites and say the old, old school media, like a newspaper, is there's not as much vetting, at least in the public eye, to understand that that person isn't getting paid or is getting paid. And that becomes a problem. I mean, I'm not sure how we deal with that because- it's, it's good to know, but it's uh, not always obvious. Definitely. If you're not part of the Yelp elite and you're trying to uh, to find someone to follow, that's the part that some people have, have problems with coming onto a, a social media site. Is It's like, well, who is this person and why do I care? It seems like the big social networks are trying to do that for you and suggesting who you should like and who you should follow. Yeah. Right? So right. it's happening whether we like it or not, where... I like a certain restaurant or I start following Kevin, I'm going to get other people that I should follow too. In, in some ways, if they're doing their jobs well, Instagram is finding people that are relevant to me. I'm one of those old advertising folks, you know, and I, I like to think that if advertising does its job well, it's finding people at the right time who are trying to make that purchase decision. And I, I got to say the internet has done that better than I've ever seen it done before. It is obviously very big brother in a lot of ways, but you know, finding that balance is always going to be that million or billion dollar question. What do you think will be the new Yelp? That's a good question. I mean, this this year has been tricky, right? Obviously, the last time I talked to Jeremy Stoppelman, the co-founder of Yelp, wasn't that long ago actually, but he reminded me of this idea that Yelp is, you know, as a product or almost any sort of app or website is at about 80% always done meaning that there's always room for improvement, um, whether that's new features or just improving upon the current features. And I think Yelp's done a pretty good job of keeping up with what has taken some traction and then either trying to replicate that or outright buying certain companies. You know, when I get that question about if there's, you know, the next Yelp killer, I don't see that horizon quite yet. I do think that big companies like Facebook and Google, those are the real worries for Yelp. I'm sure there's someone out there who's plotting in their uh, quote unquote garage on how to beat Yelp at this very moment. I've met a lot of founders over the years who have gone down that path. And, you know, what, what's happened is, you know, I've met with them through either their investors or an introduction. And I'm like, check back with me in six months or three months. I'd love to see how the product's developing. Almost 90% of them I don't hear back from. To, to beat Yelp, you have to be better than them. And I think that that's the big problem. So don't worry about tomorrow. Find out more about Take Nish at nishrocks.medium.com. Next time, join us for Nick Hoppy, former columnist for the Green IJA and the San Francisco Chronicle and the owner of Chip Neos in San Francisco. My name is Jeff Burkhardt. Thanks for listening.